A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. With the holidays here, if you feel like you're in the giving spirit... The best gift for me would be to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Storming Sunshine. Want me to quote you on size instead of time? Okay, you can pay more. I'm a storefront window painter. I typically give quotes for jobs based on supplies and time to do the job. I recently had a business owner ask for a mildly simple design on a small window and gave her the price of $150 and did the job. The business next door wanted a very simple design on bigger windows, and so I did the job for $250. After I painted, they didn't like my price and wanted me to charge by square foot instead of complexity and time. I had them sign a contract stating the price per square foot regardless of design and that the payment was due immediately. Then I measured the windows and the price came out to $500. Made for a nice Christmas bonus. Think about if you're really good at your craft, you're very skilled, and you know the price point that's good and fair for the customer, yet they try to fight you on it and say they want some kind of formalized metric. Would you go ahead with it knowing it would cost them probably double the price? Or would you still try to give them a break? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Pug C. I need to write a log of my time at work? Fine. Some years ago, I worked at a logistics facility, and leadership had a way of adding workload to middle management. Rarely did any of them last more than three years before they either got disillusioned or changed jobs somehow. After working the floor there for two years, I was promoted to a team leader. And after three years as team leader, I became shift leader, managing a shift of about 60 workers. We did pretty well. No other shift at this or other facilities could match our KPIs, and we did a lot of cross-training and on-the-fly adapting to the ever-changing needs of the complay and current orders and workflow. I found the work to be interesting and challenging until I got a new manager who bent towards micromanaging. It didn't take long before he wanted me to write a detailed log of how I spent my days, hours, and quarter hours. I told him this was a really bad idea, but if he wanted this, I would of course comply. The first week, I accounted for every 30 minutes with a line or two, thinking this was enough of a waste of time. But I was soon informed of my mistake. New boss wanted more details and every 15 minutes accounted for. Again, I told him this wasn't smart, but I got overruled. The next week, I made sure to write 4 or 5 lines for every 15 minutes of the workday. Like writing down the names of the workers who took the early lunch and who took the later lunch. I wrote the same lines for every 15 minutes of the task took more than 15 minutes, and so on. To his credit, he actually followed up on a few things the first three weeks. And if he had kept doing that, I wouldn't have complained much. But of course, he gave up after a couple of weeks. I noticed this when I made a reference to one of the follow-ups and how we had failed that specific metric, for a good reason, but never heard anything from him. So from then on, I suspected he had stopped reading my logs. Cue malicious compliance. After keeping the logs honest for a few weeks more, 
I felt secure that he never read them. I started adding a few tidbits of my own making. At first, it was a line telling him that if he used a certain phrase when talking to me the next week, I'd buy him a soda. He never used any of the phrases and thus never got free stuff. An example of a phrase could be, pineapples are best served hot or apples are sweeter than oranges. General statements, but unlikely to pop up randomly in conversations. Boss still claimed he read every single one of my reports and ridiculed me for claiming it was a bad idea. As the weeks went on without having to pay up, my malicious compliance kept getting bigger and bigger. Eventually, I promised him $100 in cash if he would talk to me about a specific picking location in our facility during the next week. He didn't. But of course, I also started writing many relevant things into the logs, like questions for him on how to solve potential problems, telling him he needed to start planning for vacations well in advance of the holidays and such. Still no response in any way, shape, or form. If he really did read them, why not use them to get questions and potential problems on the record? So after a year of writing logs that were never read and hadn't been opened since I saved them in the assigned folder, our great leader got himself into some trouble and tried to shift the blame onto his underlings. We didn't appreciate that, especially when the cause of the trouble was written in clear text in these logs from the very first moment we discovered there might be a problem all the way up to where it was an ongoing hindrance that cost us more and more time and money every week. Eventually, a big meeting was called with all us foremen, team leads, shift leads, and middle managers, with several big brass observing our boss trying to fix the situation. Whenever he went for one of my people, I stood up for them and told them I took the responsibility for the entire shift. There was no need for him to call out my people because I was there and it was my responsibility. A gleam in his eye told me he was about to make me the scapegoat, and I sat there calmly while he tore me a new one. He didn't hold back and really gave me his all to such an extent that several of the big brass started stirring uncomfortably. They could probably sense he was overplaying his hand. After the tirade petered out or he'd run out of steam, I asked him if he was done. And if he was done, if I could reply, he agreed and leaned back in his chair, confident in his character assassination of me. I took out my laptop, connected it to the big screen so everyone could see, and opened the folder where my logs were saved. I pointed out that they hadn't been opened in a while and that track changes had been activated and no changes had been logged by his user. My user was the only one that made the logs, edited them, and saved them. I then went on describing the log entries where the problem was discovered, how we tracked its development and maturation into the big problem it was today. One of the best moments was when I could show everyone that we had in fact suggested several solutions to the problem many times. I had also logged that we had several meetings discussing the problem, its causes and probable solutions, sometimes even directly asking my manager what he thought about them. There were logs that showed we had told him about this problem many times in many ways, but no logs of any solutions or response from him. I was so focused on the presentation, I didn't really look at my boss, but when I was done, I glanced up at him and I can safely say I've never seen a face more angry than his. He was furious. But of course, his boss and his boss's boss was there, right next to him, so we couldn't do much. His boss asked him if he had anything to say for himself, but he didn't really. He claimed that I'd edited them later and filled in details, not known at the time of writing, but he was obviously reaching for anything to save himself. One of the big brass asked about a phrase he had seen, 
What's so special about picking location? I told them all about my little joke and how my boss had missed getting tens of free sodas and probably $400 if he had merely said the magic words each week. Amidst general laughter, I was told to leave the meeting along with anybody my pay grade or lower. Three hours later, some security guy emptied his office of his personal belongings and two weeks later, a new boss arrived from another facility. It took him three days to ask about pineapples and other apples and he had made sure that there was nothing wrong with the aforementioned picking location. He also told me to keep the logs more general and only a few lines for each day, but to also mention things of operative importance directly to him. Newest boss and me had a great relationship where he left me and my shift mostly alone and we kept topping out KPIs for the rest of my time in that company. If you're doing a daycare service for a bunch of five, six, seven year olds, You might need a little bit of micromanagement style bossing around sometimes. If you're working in a logistics facility, you probably don't need to micromanage. Especially if, as OP said, they were topping out their KPIs. Key performance indicators, if anybody didn't know. Meaning they were doing great at their jobs. So they kind of didn't need that babysitting hand-holding micromanagement. Our next story is by Narst42. You want all the gates to be spotless? At the time, I was an apprentice in a big rig workshop. We had an audit come through, so the place had to be cleaned up to a standard it never upheld the other 364 days of the year because no one cleaned up after themselves. It took me and my fellow apprentices three whole days. On the last day, my task was to tidy up around the gates, meaning sweeping and removing the trash in the corners. There were 24 of them, each 5 meters tall, sectioned into something like 30 individual window panels. There were cobwebs on them, and I briefly wondered if I should remove them. I decided not to because the whole place was full of cobwebs, and we hadn't been asked to remove them anywhere else. Also, it would have taken me quite a bit of time to do that, and I figured there were probably more important things to be done still. I was wrong, half an hour before closing. The guy responsible for us apprentices came up to me and asked why I hadn't removed the cobwebs. I explained and said I could still grab a broom and do it. He wanted me to use the vacuum cleaner instead and make sure all the panels were spotless. Now, my work pays overtime. I had nothing going on that afternoon. So I grabbed the vacuum, a ladder, an extension cord, and some rags and window cleaner and got to work. An hour after closing, I was about halfway done when the workshop manager came up to me and sort of awkwardly told me he had had a talk with the aforementioned guy and I could go home. I smiled at him broadly and said I could never leave my job only halfway finished. I cleaned for another hour and a half. At the end of the month, I happily pocketed the extra two and a half hours of pay and was never asked to clean cobwebs ever again. Also, the guys doing the audit spent a whopping five minutes inside the workshop and the rest of their time going through the books, so I doubt they would have even have noticed. See, here's the funny thing though. I bet that despite doing all that work and cleaning up, they pop in, take a glance around, and that's kind of it. If you get comfortable and don't do nearly the same amount of work the next time, I bet for no reason at all the next audit's going to come along and they're going to just scour everything. They're going to do the white glove test where they swipe a finger on a random counter and see like nothing but grease and dust. It's just for some reason how these things work. This next story is by Sowell Gay Boy, Holiday Sweaters. So our office, see manager, decided we would all wear tacky Xmas sweaters to work today. Our office is understaffed and super busy, 
I asked if I could opt out and was given the usual guilt trip about team player, morale, etc. I found an old sweater and sewed about 20 small bells to it. I've been asked to take it off by almost everyone and unfortunately I forgot to wear an undershirt. If I so much as answer my phone, it sounds like reindeer are running through the office. Apparently we won't be having these sorts of forced activities next year. See, here's the thing, these activities are fun for the people who want to actually take part. If you force people to do it, they're not gonna have a bunch of fun with it. You're just gonna end up with a few people that are interested in it and then everybody else miserable and full of hatred and despising that day. And our final story of the day is by A.A. Gifford. Say I'm young and I don't know anything, with five years experience in parts feeders, I was hired as a mechanical engineer at a place that made machines to test computer chips. These were robotic sorting machines that first picked the parts from a tray and put them into a boat. Then the boats ran around a conveyor system and were temperature conditioned to test the temperature, then tested, then brought close to room temperature, then sorted into their sort categories. So the new manager, Mr. Arrogant, his name was Tom G, was hired. A tall, good-looking, and arrogant man of the privileged class, you know what I mean. I didn't report to him directly, but secondarily, dotted line as you will. Due to attrition from the dot-com bust, I now was responsible for the conveyor system of this machine, which was being cost-reduced in a new model. The second-generation model with more features, but cost-reduced. Like, that'll work. Anyway, this guy is the king of not being responsible directly for anything. His skill was design review attendee. He didn't manage anyone or anything directly, but he attended every design review. He studied them all, and every one he would find a flaw. Then, he would pounce. F you up. Find something you or someone did wrong. Wait for the right time, and aha! You screwed up. Look how stupid you are. Then he would exit with a strut looking for the next design review. I'll try to explain for context. So I inherited this design that was screwed up. Whoever designed it decided to change the design in a way that it wouldn't work. It would take a bit to explain fully, but long and short, the system is at its heart a temperature chamber with a conveyor running around it as a rectangular track. Hot temp set point was 160 degrees Celsius which is 320 degrees Fahrenheit. Cold set point was set with liquid nitrogen and was negative 60 degrees Celsius or negative 76 degrees Fahrenheit. All normal materials expand with heat and shrink with cold. And the new conveyor was aluminum. It was mounted differently and the end stops were mounted directly to the conveyor itself. And the end stops moved about 0.8 inches, 2 millimeters hot and 0.04 inches, 1 millimeter cold but the alignment needed to be maintained to about 0.03 inches, 0.08 millimeter, for the system to work. The old system did this by making the end stops mount to the base plate of the machine. The new end stops mounted on the conveyor in the chamber and moved with the conveyor as the conveyor got hot or cold. This avoided extra holes in the chamber. I explained to Mr. Arrogant dotted line boss that this wasn't going to work. I calculated it, drew it in CAD, and had worked on parts feeders for the last five years in machine automation for robotic assembly. He dismissed me, called me young and inexperienced, and you don't know much, and we had a design review so you don't have the authority to change it. Fine. I wrote down this quote and the date in my lab notebook, cover your butt. Per Mr. Arrogant, Tom G, I am not to change the design. I also drew the ideal conveyor design and put it in my desk and went back to work. 
Six months later, with the system being a jam-o-matic, I roll on in and walk past a meeting with the VP, Tom, my boss, a couple engineers, and some others, and they have a conveyor sketch on the whiteboard. And Tom's discussing the conveyor and how it's jamming. I'm called in as I walk by. What do you know about this, says my boss. Let me get something. I run upstairs and get my lab notebook and a cup of coffee. Well, I advise that the conveyor be changed a long time ago, but Tom rejected it. See here. I hand it to my boss who read it, and he passed it to the VP who read it, and said, You're on it. Go fix it, please. It took another year for his incompetence to be recognized to the point he was let go. He was made to manage a project for real. He refused. He was then made to or else. He ran it into the ground and was terminated. Total worthless jerk. Freak you, Tom. The moral of the story is, if anybody's going to override you and you know you're right, you try to cover your butt any way possible, whether that's writing it down, maybe asking them to try to give you some correspondence, affirming that they said you cannot do this or you can't change it. Whatever you can do, look out for yourself and make sure you can't just get raked over the coals. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.